that one just hit me right in the mouth. How many of you last week felt like that's what God kind of done to us? He kind of he just got our attention. Here's what I want you to do today. Here's what I want you to do today. Uh, we're going to have a real serious, serious talk. Uh, brought the table and the chair out because I, I wanted you to know I'm, I, I want to try to stay in this mode and, and, and not really uh, get in the, the, the preacher mode because I want to talk to you kind of like Jesus did with his disciples in this particular chapter. Uh, we're at a crossroads. We're at a place in our Christian walk. We're at a place in our Christian life where Jesus wants to have the serious talk. Does it ever bother you when somebody comes up to you and says, can I just be serious for a minute? Does that ever bother y'all? Because it, it wigs me out. I'm just going to tell you that right now. I, I like to just be loose. I like to cut up. I like to have a good time. I like to enjoy myself. And when people go to getting too serious about anything, that makes me nervous. Amen. But, you know, sooner or later in our lives, we're going to have to get serious with God. We're either going to do it now or we're going to do it then. But we're going to have to get serious with God. Last week, we learned some things about ourselves. I learned some things about myself. I really, to be honest, I didn't really want to know. I'll be honest. Uh, there were some things that I seen where I fell short. There were some areas that I wish I was better in. Uh, if you were in the life groups that I hope you all are in, uh, and studying our Not A Fan series, uh, it was really sobering. It was really serious. And, 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 and here's what I want you to do today. I want you to, to think about something, write down something that you learned during this message that you can take back to your life groups this week, maybe tonight if you have it tonight, or this week. As you go to your life groups, I want you to think about something that God showed you in this message and take it back and share it with your life group family, all right? So let's look in Luke chapter number 9, Luke chapter number 9 and verse number 18. Uh, I, I want to I be as serious as I can. I want to be uh, as clear as I can, and I pray that you will receive a message. If you're here today and, and, and you've, you've never uh, trusted Christ as your Savior and uh, uh, you've never come to, to believe in Him yet, I'm really not technically speaking to you. I'm speaking to believers today. And if you're not a believer, I can show you how to be a believer before you leave today. Say amen right there. We can help you with that. That's a, that's a real important deal in your life, and, and I want you to be a believer. But today, I'm primarily talking with believers. I'm primarily talking with those that are saved, those who have made a choice and made a decision to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. All right? If you're with me, say amen. The Bible says, and it came to pass, in verse number 18, and it came to pass as he was alone praying, his disciples were with him, and he asked them, saying, Whom say the people that I am? They answering said, John the Baptist, some Elias, some say that you're one of the old prophets risen again. And he said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? You know, it doesn't matter what the rest of the world thinks about Jesus. What matters is what do you think about him? Who is Jesus to you? The answering, it says, uh, he said unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And Peter answering said, the Christ of God. And he straightly charged them and commanded them to tell no man that thing, saying, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be slain and be praised, raised the third day. And he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and what? Follow me. Uh, 
it says in, in verse number 24, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantage if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed, when he shall come in his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. Church, say amen. I need everyone's undivided attention. This is a really serious topic. This is a really serious talk, if you will. Uh, and so if there's any small children or babies, don't let them distract other people. If that's the case, we have, we have great facilities in the back. We have a great staff in the back. Uh, they would be glad to take care of that and help that. So please help me with that, okay? Please help me with that. Uh, if you're with me, say amen. Father, in Jesus' name, uh, please help us today. We're at a crossroads. We're at a place of decision. We're at a place of uh, do we go right or do we go left. This is a place that the disciples found themselves with Jesus. Lord, I pray that you'll help me help them. Help us help each other. Lord, help us to take the steps necessary to become true followers of Christ. Not just fans, not just admirers, not, not just uh, 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 people who are after what he can have to offer, but, but true followers of Christ. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move in an awesome way. And Lord, we'll thank you for, in Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Now, in order to get the real magnitude of this chapter, in order to get the real heaviness of this chapter, you will find that, that you can go to the other Gospels and you can put them together. You can read the writings of Matthew, you can read the writings of Mark and Luke, and, and you can put them together. Uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called the synoptic gospels, which means synonymous. They, they primarily, a lot of the things was together. They, they wrote primarily the same things. And then John was Johann and Doctrine, which, which describes some, uh, uh, basically some of the things he chooses just for his own purpose to teach us to know who Jesus is. But in the synoptic gospels, we find that uh, they tell the same story, but they add a little different view from it, and they add a little bit to it. And if you just read one, you won't get the whole picture. So what I want to do today is share with you the, the whole picture, and then I will give you a little outline. The introduction is really a little bit longer than the outline itself, so don't, don't get wigged out about that when we go into the, the outline. Uh, but this is what's happening. Three years, Jesus has been walking with his disciples, basically uh, teaching them and training them and, 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 and ministering to them and trying to convince them that he was the Messiah. You see, for years and years and years, prophets have been foretelling, prophets have been teaching, prophets have been telling that there was going to come a deliverer, there was going to come a Messiah who would deliver the nation of Israel. There was a hero that was on the way. Well, Jesus shows up on the scene. He does things nobody else could do. He does things that no human had the, 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 the ability to do. He heals diseases. He heals the blind. He heals the lame. He turns water into wine. He Listen, he takes one lad's lunch and feeds thousands of people. And then he walks on the water. He calms the storm. He calms the waves. And he does all of these things. And, and by the way, these are just the things that we know about. Because the Bible says uh, that the books of this world could not contain all the things that Jesus has done if it was written. So there was so much more that Jesus had done, but he was doing these things to convince the disciples that he was truly the one. He was the Messiah. He was the promised one. Are y'all with me so far? Now, now we come to a, a, a crossroads. Now we come to a place 
where they have to make a decision. You see, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem now. He has, he has, conclu- he has concluded his ministry as far as uh, doing the miracles and all of these things. And now he's headed to his destiny. He's headed to Jerusalem. He's headed to be crucified. He's headed to be slain. He's headed to become what John the Baptist said he was in the beginning, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. He was coming to die. So now he's traveling with his disciples, and he talks to them. And he says, guys, what are people saying about me? What are people saying about me? Who do men say that I am? And they say, well, you know, I can imagine they were probably lighthearted. They were, see, they have no clue. In their mind, he's the hero. He's going to go into Jerusalem. He's going to take the throne. He's going to kick Rome out, and we're going to have a great time. He's going to use his supernatural powers, and this is going to be great. We're going to rule and reign with him. But you see, that was not God's plan. So they're thinking everything's great, everything's wonderful. And, uh, and they say, well, some people think you're John the Baptist come back from the dead, isn't that a hoot? Some people think, you know, you're, you, you, you might be Elijah, you know. Some people think you're the prophets, you know. But Jesus said, who do you say that I am? Because who he is to you is critical to you, your eternal destiny. And this is what Peter says. Peter steps up. He's a spokesman. He steps up in boldness and said, we believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus is pleased with his answer. Jesus says, thou art Peter. On this rock I'll build my church. He begins to tell them about uh, Peter, and, and he did. He, he allowed Peter to have the keys. He unlocked the door of salvation to the Jews in Acts 2 and to the Samaritans in Acts 8 and to the Gentiles in Acts 10. He was very instrumental in the, in the, the working and the building of the church. But he says, he says, now this is great. Flesh and blood hath not revealed the Son to thee, but my Father which is in heaven. This is wonderful. I'm glad for your stand. I'm glad for your profession. I'm glad that you've decided to believe in me. But before we go any further, there's something you need to understand. You see, this is where we're at today, church. This is where we apply it today. Before, you, before we go any further in this deal, you need to know where I'm headed. Because in the very next verse, he says, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to be rejected by the elders. I'm going to suffer many things. I'm going to be tortured. I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be killed. When I get to Jerusalem, I'm going to die. Before we go any further, guys, you need to understand where this thing's going. I know you've made a decision to believe in me. I know you believe that I'm the Messiah. I know you believe that I'm the Son of God. I know you've, had, you've got faith in me now, but, but this, is, this is where we're going. This is where we're headed. This thing's not going to end well. Well, Peter didn't like that. In Mark, we read the same story, the same situation. Peter says, whoa, man, hold up, Doc. Hold on, slow down, slow the train down. No, 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 you don't understand. No, we're not going to let that happen. I, hey, and I don't, think, I don't think Peter was speaking as a rebellious uh, child. I don't think he was, he was speaking as a, I believe that he, was, he, 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 he meant it. I believe he was a friend, and then he was saying, hey, man, I'm not going to let that happen. Don't worry. Listen, we're not going there. That's not going to work. 
Jesus looks at Peter and he says, Look, get thee behind me, Satan. Thou savorest the things of man and not the things of God. You know what he was saying? Peter, you still have your own agenda. You don't understand the plan of God. You don't understand the mind of God. You don't understand the thoughts of God. You still have your plan. You still have your desires. You still have your dreams. You want it your way. What does it have to do with us today? There's so many Christians in church today. Right now, as we speak in this building right here, you've chosen to believe, but you've not chosen to follow. Because we savor us the things of man and not the things of God. He says, Peter, you got to get behind me. You're just an obstacle in the way. You're not, listen, you don't understand what God's trying to do. And that's where we come to the verse we read last week. After he corrected Peter, this is what he said. Now, I just told you where I'm going. Everybody stay with me, stay with me. I promise you, this is going to go somewhere. I've already told you where I'm going. I've already told you I'm going to die. I've already told you what's going to happen when we get there. Now, if any man come after me, y'all with me now? Don't this make sense now? Now, if you're going to come after me, let a man deny himself, take up his cross daily, and you know one 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 of the sweetest things that God showed me this week in this book? is that the the Lord is as human as you and me. He is as human as you and me. He has blood running through his veins like you and me. He has hurts. Help me now. Help me. He has hurts and pains, and he has issues just like you and me. But yet he went to a cross. He went and was crucified on a rugged cross. He was betrayed. He was spit upon. The beard was plucked out of his face. All of this... Before he asks you to follow him. What does that mean? Jesus will never send you up a ladder he hadn't already climbed. Now watch this. Watch this. When, when Jesus invited people to salvation. Now you remember, who did I say I was addressing this morning? The saved, believers. Believers. Now, when Jesus was inviting you to come to him for salvation, say that with me, for he was calling you to life. He was calling you to live. The, the, the epistles, the Pauline epistles said that when we were without Christ, we were dead in our trespasses and in sins. Doesn't the Bible say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting He said, you were dead when I found you. You were dead when you came to me. I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I came that you might live again. I came that you may experience everything that I have to offer. And when you come to Jesus for salvation, he invited you to live. But now we're at a crossroads. These these followers have been following Jesus and being fed when they were hungry. They were calmed when they were afraid in the storm. Jesus had been everything to these guys. And he invited them to live, follow me and live. But now, the call to salvation is a call to live, but the call to discipleship, say that with me, the call to is a call to die. It's a call to die. Preacher, what are you saying? 
When you come to Jesus for salvation, he's calling you to live. He wants to give you eternal life. He wants to give you everything that you need in your soul, in your life to experience real life. But if you're going to choose to follow him, it's going to require death. Death. He's inviting you to die. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now, 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 this is getting really, really serious. And before you bug out on me, some of you already have. But before you decide that that's just too much for you, I need you to watch the whole game. Do we have any Auburn fans in the house? Raise your hand if you're an Auburn fan. Did you watch the whole game? Because you won it in the last few seconds. Are y'all with me? Now, before you bail on me, before you bail on me, before you decide this is too much for you, before you decide this is way too heavy for me, I didn't get up this early on Sunday morning to hear this stuff, man. I'm saying this is before you do, watch the whole game. Because the last verse I'm going to read to you before we pray is going to change everything. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Three things I want to give you. Three things I want to give you. Number one, at this crossroads in, in, in their life together with the disciples, Jesus is there. Everything's fixing to change. Everything's changing now. He's fixing to head to Jerusalem. Everything's about miracles before. Everything's about living before. Everything's about life before. Everything's about making things that were sick better and fixing everything. But now things are turning and now things are getting a whole lot more serious. Now they're going to Jerusalem to be the Lamb of God. And Jesus offers an invitation to those that are following him. He offers an invitation to those who have believed in him. Now, I don't know if y'all caught this or not, but last week during the video, during the video in your life groups, there was a statement that was made that jumped out at me. I mean, right in the middle of the video, I just, it just grabbed my attention. And it was this. This was the statement. There are many Christians who have, who have decided to believe. They've taken the step to believe in Christ, but they have not taken the step to follow Christ. They've taken the step to believe, but they've not taken the step to follow. And man, with that statement, it just, it just rung my bell. How many Christians today are in the church house? And they've chosen to believe on him just like the disciples, but yet they still have their own agenda. Are y'all with me? But I want you to get three things real quick. Number one, I want you to see, I want you to see uh, the scope of his invitation. He is inviting them, and this is what he says. If any man, say that with me, if, everybody say it with me, if, if any man, it doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your skin color. It doesn't matter your heritage. You see, the cool part about culture, if you'll study the Eastern culture and, and know something about uh, that day, there were, there were scribes and there were, there were uh, rabbis who would have followers or students called the Talmud. And these, the Talmud were very, very intellectual people. They were very, very 
uh, talented, uh, they were very gifted, and not just anybody could be the Talmud. I mean, you had to be something. You had to memorize major, major portions of Scripture, and, and you had to be the elite of the elite to be followers of certain rabbis. And, and the more gifted the Talmud, the more gifted that the rabbi would be. And, and if you could not fit in, you had to get a normal job. You had to get a, you had to get a, uh, uh, what we, what we would call a, a trade or something of that nature. And because only special people could follow the rabbis. But here Jesus comes on the scene. Here this new rabbi. Here comes this new teacher. Here comes this one that, listen, is not what everybody else thought he would be. And this new rabbi says, hey, anybody that wants to follow me, load up and let's go. It doesn't matter. Matter of fact, matter of fact, the first ones that he called was fishermen. Unlearned and ignorant fishermen. The Bible says in Acts that when they perceived them, they thought they were unlearned and ignorant men, but they took knowledge that they had been with Jesus. Say amen. Jesus didn't care their educational background. He didn't care about their past. He Listen, he picked old cussing Peter. I'm glad that Jesus does not care about what you did back then. Jesus does not care who you were back then. He said, if any man come, let him come. If any man, any man, any man, it doesn't care who you are. It doesn't care where you've been. He gives it out to everybody. I'm glad Jesus is for everybody. Are y'all with me, Say. Amen. We have, we have people we have people calling us the riffraff church. We let the riffraff come. I say hallelujah, Jesus, because everywhere Jesus was, he was hanging out with the riffraff. Amen. He was where the sinners were. They said his man eateth and he was eating with sinners and hanging out with them and receiving them. Well, that's the way we need to be. We need to put it out to everybody. There's gonna let me just tell y'all something. The brighter the light, the bigger the buzz. If you put the gospel out there and say anybody can and anybody will, everybody's welcome, you know there's going to be some weird ducks coming in this place. There's going to be people that, that dress weird. There's going to be people that look weird. There's going to be people that look and smell weird. But guess what? What if we're the weird ones? What if we get to heaven one day and they're the normal ones? Wouldn't that be a hoot? It don't matter what they are. We need to, we need to smile. And say, welcome to temple. We're glad you're here. But you, you don't know what I've done. Have you ever heard those people say, well, if I went in church, the, the roof would fall in. How many of y'all have ever heard that? That's my favorite one. I said, no, we've reinforced the girders for every sinner known to man. We have sinner-proof girders in the ceiling. Are y'all with me? Hey, you may have somebody sit beside you smells like smoke. We had a conversation. We had a, 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 a staff meeting to deal with the smoking issue. Got some folks at church smoke. They do. They smoke. Now, look, smoking ain't going to send you to hell. It's just going to make you smell like you've been there. Say amen. Now, before you condemn somebody for smoking, I saw you three hours at the buffet. Don't say one word. Amen. It's amazing how we'll look down at somebody else's issue, but we don't want nobody looking at our issue. Ladies and gentlemen, we all got issues. 
We've, we've made it. Hey, look, I, we, we, this come from the top. This come from the top. If you got any problem with this, don't look at no staff member but the top one. I'm the one come up with this. Uh, listen, if, if, if you're going to smoke, we got grass out there to smoke while you're standing out there. Not, well, that didn't sound right. <laughs> we want you to stand in the grass. Amen. No wonder y'all keep coming. Amen. <laughs> Look. We don't, we don't, we don't, y'all quit it. Y'all behave. We had an issue. We had an issue. People smoking around the, the air conditions and it, and it coming in the building and all of that kind of stuff. And they say, well, this needs to be a smoke-free facility. Now, here's my opinion, and this is my opinion. I would rather man have to cut. Now, look, some of my sermons, they're going to need a cigarette when they through. Say amen. amen. I would rather man be in the pew and have to go out to the grass and smoke a cigarette and be here than us say, you can't come at all. That's it. Hey, I've got, I've got, I was helping my, I was helping my wife. I'll never get over this one right here. I will never get over this. I was helping my wife uh, clean up in here a little bit and, 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 and was back. I saw two or three coffee stains about that big. Now, there would have been a day in my ministry when that would right there would have set me off. I'd have been upset and mad. And, and I got to thinking, you know what? The way I preach, I, I, that dude was probably nervous. <laughs> Are y'all with me? Do you realize a 350-pound man can hide behind a coffee cup that big? We want them to feel comfortable. We want them to feel at ease. We want, hey, come on in. I'll clean. I will personally, and I have. Me and Brother Dustin has been on our hands and knees, and we've cleaned spots in here until, listen, for hours before. But we will keep cleaning them because I want the riffraff to keep coming. And if that's what it's going to take to get somebody in the house, Listen, more power to it. We'll buy. Do you realize when we stand in glory one day and see sinners beside us, we're not going to care about the carpet. Amen. We're not, we're not going to care about those things. Jesus said, if any man, if you go fishing, you're going to come home smelling like fish. Yeah. Jesus, you know what the cool part is? You know what Jesus said? Jesus, listen, or excuse me, the psalmist said this. I waited patiently on the Lord, and he inclined unto me, and he heard my cry. And he brought me up also out of a horrible pit. Did you hear what I said? He brought me up also out. That means he had to get down there where I was to get me out of there. And the problem with most churches is they don't want to get their hands dirty. Now, I don't like that stuff. I don't like smoking. I, I can't stand cigarette smoke. I don't like nothing about it. I don't like anything about any sin as far as that goes. But let's not be so high and mighty that we forget where we were when Jesus found us. I tell you what, I've got people coming that smoke and bring more people to Jesus than people that don't. Are y'all with me? Now don't read something into this thing that I'm not saying. I'm not saying I'm for none of that. I'm just saying we need to be a for everybody church. Amen? Listen, the scope of this invitation. He said, if any man, educated, non-educated. Listen, background is, is irrelevant. Paul killed people 
but Jesus turned him into the greatest missionary this world's ever known. If any man will follow me. Church, say amen. That's the scope of this invitation. Number two, I want you to see the substance. What, are, what is he inviting us to? What is he inviting us to? Listen, he says, you remember what I said? When it comes to salvation, Jesus is inviting you to live. He's inviting you to life. He said, I'm the bread of life. I'm the living water. But now when it comes to discipleship, he's inviting you to die. Die to your dreams. Not physically. There may come a day that that may happen. There have been people who gave their life for the cause of Christ. Jim Elliott, one of the greatest missionaries there ever was, said this, He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He gave his life. The Aka Indians killed him. It may be that God does call us to give our physical life for him. But that's not necessarily what he's talking about in this verse. He is talking about what the New Testament talks about when he says, I, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. He wants you to, he says, come and follow me. Take up your cross. Say that with me. Take up your daily and follow me. See, our culture is so warped. We don't understand the truth of the gospel. Our, our country and our culture, we don't understand. You see, in that day, they would never wear a gold cross or a silver cross around their neck as an ornament. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't. I don't care whether you do or not. It doesn't matter to me. But the point is, it, it, to, to, equate, to equate it, it would be like you wearing an electric chair, a gold electric chair around your neck. Because you see, a cross was an instrument of death. To us, it represents life. To us, it represents redemption. And, 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 and are y'all with me? But, but in that day, it represented an instrument of crucifixion, an instrument of execution. It was where somebody went to die. And what Jesus is saying, he said, take up your cross daily. He's inviting you to every day of your life to get up in the morning and said, God, my day is yours. My life is yours. My body is yours. I'm surrendering to you. I'm surrendering to your direction in my life. I'm surrendering to your dreams in my life. I'm, I'm surrendering to your purpose and your plans for my life. Every single day, God wants you to get up and give it to him. That's what it means to follow Jesus. That's what it means to deny self. I wanted to go to the lake, but God wanted me to go to church. I wanted to spend this money on a go-kart, but God wanted me to take care of a missionary. I wanted to do this. God wanted me to do that. It's surrendering your all. Say that with me. It's surrendering your all. To the Lord Jesus Christ. The substance of this invitation. God wants it all. Now, remember I said, I, I remember I said, watch the whole game. Jesus knew that that was going to be heavy for some of us. There was a rich man that came to Jesus, and because of his great riches, it was very difficult for him to do what Jesus told. And Jesus knew that his riches were more important than following Jesus. So that was the thing he targeted. He said, give up your riches, come and follow me. But see, his riches were more important than Jesus. 
Some of you, your children is more important than Jesus. Some of you, your jobs are more important than Jesus. Some of you, your hobbies are more important than Jesus. Here in Alabama, listen, uh, many sports is idolatry today. Man, okay, back up now, Rev. Back up. You're you're meddling now. Let me tell you, if you're going to follow Jesus, it's going to require all. Deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and follow me. Now, as heavy as all that is, he gives us three reasons why we should. In the next three verses, he gives four, four, four. In one verse, he says, for this. The next verse, he says, for that. He says, for this. Now, watch this. These are the reasons we should, and we're going to pray. Now, don't lose me. Stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. Wake up, pinch your neighbor, poke them in the eye, whatever you got to do. Watch this. After he said, deny yourself and follow me, this is what he said in verse 24. Watch this. For whosoever will save his life shall... Come on. For whosoever will save his life shall... What does that mean? All those dreams that you think you've got to give up. All those, those hopes and, and your plans. You remember Peter didn't want, Peter didn't want Jesus to go die because he had some plans. And his plans was not the plans of God. So what Jesus was telling Peter, I need you to follow my plans. I need you to surrender to my plans. And this is the thing. If you try so hard to hold on to the life you're wanting and the desires that you're wanting, the plans that you're wanting, the direction that you're wanting, guess what the Bible says? If you try so hard to save it, guess what's going to happen? You're going to lose it. Why do you think people that are working themselves to the bone, trying to get money, trying to get popularity, trying to get fame, trying to get all of these things, and they end up so miserable, and they end up unhappy, and they end up unsatisfied, usually drugged out in a stupor committing suicide? Because they were trying to hold on to their plans. And God said, you hold on, the tighter you hold on to it, the more it's going to slip from your grasp. But if you'll lose it and let me have my way, you're going to have life that you've never dreamed of. Are you all with me? Say amen. Watch this. One more. He says, for what? Whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. Whosoever shall lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. Verse 25. For what is a man advantage if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? What good is it for you to have all the world's money, all the, the world's fame, all the world's popularity, and die and go to hell? You experience everything the world has to offer. Now you're standing before the judgment seat of Christ. What are you going to say? Then lastly, the last verse says, Watch this now, watch this. For whosoever shall be ashamed of me in my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed, when he shall come in his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. How many of you grew up, and this is it, this is it, look up at me, everybody look at me, everybody look at me, everybody look at me. We're almost done. We're going to dismiss right here. How many of you ever was at home with your mom? If, if, if you had this kind of relationship and, and you was acting the fool and your mama looked at you and said, your daddy's coming home. How many of y'all have ever heard that? Raise your hand. Help me, help me with 
My mom, she's a little different. Because she would whoop us first and then tell us, your daddy's coming home. And sometimes in the life of a young person, we get to acting goofy and we get to forgetting that there's consequences to our actions. And we get so busy in our life doing all kind of things, we forget that daddy's coming home. And Jesus is saying right here, guys, now I know it's up to you to make the choice whether to follow me or not, but you need to understand something. One day you're going to stand before him. And if you're ashamed of me now, I'll be ashamed of you then. Now I don't know about you. I don't know about you. But I don't want him to be ashamed of me then. Now, what will determine that may be the choice you make today. We've had a very serious talk today. The same talk that Jesus had with his disciples when he said, you need to choose to follow me. Now, this place I'm going is not great. It's going to be bad. I'm going to die. I'm going to suffer. But come and follow me. Preacher, why should I give up everything? Here's one last verse and we'll pray. Musicians, you come on up. You come on up. Look, 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 look what Peter says this. Peter says, Lord, we've left everything and have followed thee. In other words, in other words, what, what, what are we getting out of this? Look at me, look at me, guys, look at me. Because some of y'all are wondering, why should I do this? Why should I commit to Jesus? Why should I give up everything for him? Watch what Jesus tells Peter. Peter says, Lord, we've left everything and followed thee. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that hath left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels. But he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses, brethren, sisters, and mothers, children, lands with persecutions and in the worlds to come, eternal life. What does that mean? You're not giving up anything. If you try to hold on to your own way, you're going to lose everything. If you try to hold on to your own plans and your own desires and your own wishes and your own agenda, you're going to lose everything. But if you let it go and say, God, I'm giving you my all. You're my plans, you're my desires, you're my agenda. God says you're going to gain everything. Not just what you give up, but a hundredfold. What does that mean? Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. If you give it to God, you will reap it again. And all God's people said, Father, in Jesus' name. A superficial religion won't cut it. Lord, inch deep religion is just not going to work. God, there's people here that's decided to, to believe, but they've not decided to follow. I pray that that changes at this moment right here. This is a moment of destiny. This is a moment of decision. 
This is the moment we've had the serious talk. Lord, now it's time to move. Now it's time to commit. I wonder how many Christians would come right now. I I want you to come right now. Come out of your pews right now and commit to Jesus and say, I'm no longer, I'm no longer going to be a fan. I'm going to be a follower. I'm no longer, I'm I'm giving it up. I'm giving, I don't want to hold on to something I can't keep. I want the blessings of God on my life. I want to surrender today. I'm going to surrender my dreams. I'm going to surrender my desires. I'm coming to this altar. I'm going to give God all. I'm going to be a living sacrifice. I'm going to give God everything I have. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. There's people coming. Do you need to come? Do you need to come? Is God speaking to your heart? Do you need to let it go today? Do you need to give God something? Do you need to say, Lord, I'm committed. I'm sold out. No longer am I in charge of my life. I want to give it to you. Father, I pray in Jesus' name. I pray for all these at this altar. I pray for all these at this altar. Lord, I pray that you'll touch them. I pray that you'll help them. I pray that you'll move in an awesome way. Lord, move in an awesome way. God, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that you'll just touch every single one of them. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you'll just just give us what we stand in need of. Lord, I pray that you'll help us, Lord. Help us to submit. Help us to surrender. Help us to accept your will for our lives. And God will thank you for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Everyone stand. You take your time to pray. You take your time to pray. God, help them all as they pray. Sing on. God bless them. Lord, meet every need.
give the Lord praise and glory. Everybody give him praise and glory. Amen. How many of y'all are glad Dewey Akers trusted Christ on Monday night, got saved on Monday night, gave the Lord his life? How many of y'all are glad of that? Amen? Amen. All right. We've got Nick and Kelly Childers and Kelsey Huff. They're coming this morning to join. I thought y'all done joined up. Amen. They, amen. They've been here long enough. They're bound to. Amen. Amen. Hey, they, hey, I'm glad for their family. They're coming this morning to join up. And also, and, and, and we're proud of that. Amen. Aren't we glad of that? Amen. We're glad of that. But also, they have a family member, a cousin, that uh, uh, went out into eternity this week. It was in a bad traffic accident. And, uh, and, and we need to pray. Matter of fact, let's just do this. I ain't know her. It's the last service. We can do what we want, can't we? Amen. Uh, we, we just need to pray. Got a little uh, son. I believe it's a little son. And, uh, and it's just a, just a bad deal. Just a, just a bad deal. And uh, let's pray for grace. Johnny, won't you come up here and grab a microphone? And let's just, just take, a, take a, just a second. Let's everybody bow our heads and close our eyes. We're going to pray for this family. What's the last name? What's the last name, Nick? The Brown family. All right. Let's, let's pray for that family. Then we're going to receive our offering. God, please. This is a time in our worship, if you're here for the very first time, this is a time in our worship that we give back to God as God has given to us. We give spiritually, uh, scripturally, we give back to Him because He has given us all. Amen? Somebody said the other day, you need, what if you gave back everything to God that God has given to you? I would be naked and homeless. Everything I have, God's given me. Everything I am, it's because of God. And what we give back is such a small part of what God's done for us. Amen? So let's do this. Let's turn, we've done prayed. Let's just go ahead and start singing, guys. Let's, let's give, and in just a moment, we'll dismiss, all right?